Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. The bills for facility maintenance that federal agencies have decided to put off until future years, they're starting to balloon. The Government Accountability Office looked at four agencies, GSA, Health and Human Services, Interior and Energy. GAO found the collective size of their deferred maintenance backlogs grew 80 percent over just the past five years, and agencies haven't done a great job of explaining the reasons to Congress. David Maroney is an acting director for Physical Infrastructure Issues at GAO. He talked about the problems with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Okay, David, and I think, I think the most obvious place to start is from what GAO has been able to determine, what are some of the reasons behind these huge, huge increases in deferred maintenance expenses or estimates, I guess we should say? Right. So there's a number of reasons. Uh, funding constraints is one. Uh, agencies, when they don't have enough funds to do all their repair and maintenance needs, uh, defer uh, those repairs. So that's one of the reasons for the increase. Also, as I think anyone knows who's done a renovation in the past couple of years, uh, material and labor costs uh, have increased substantially uh, due to inflation, and that affects the deferred maintenance backlog too in terms of the size of that estimate. And then a third reason is simply the the vast size of these federal building and structure holdings. Uh, This is a large and aging portfolio. The average age is about 50 years of many of these buildings at this point. And older buildings just cost more to maintain and repair. Uh, They deteriorate more. And so that also contributes to the increase. Yeah, and it seems like it's it's really government-wide. I know you really only looked in detail at four large agencies, but you also found, I think, a 58% increase government-wide in these, in these deferred maintenance expenses. It sounds like what you're saying is there's no like singular policy across the government that's caused this. It's a lot of economic factors and a lot of other things. Yeah, that's a fair take. It's economic factors, and then it's just progressively increasing these maintenance backlogs over time for civilian agencies. This was focused on civilians. Right. Um, How reliable can we say these estimates probably are? Because it seems like by definition, this is work that wasn't done. So I'm going to guess in a lot of cases, agencies really never went out to bid to get reliable cost estimates on what the work would have taken. So again, how reliable are these estimates? So they're reliable enough for accounting purposes, uh, but that does not mean that when you actually conducted this project, it would be this exact number. So I think the number we're talking here, about $80 billion of a deferred maintenance backlog, that's a good estimate of where things stand. It may be higher once you got into the, the actual projects themselves, but it's reliable enough for accounting purposes. And I want to dig into one of your other major findings, was, which is that in their budget materials and other communications to Congress, agencies need to be uh, communicating more information about this deferred maintenance. Um, what are they not telling Congress that they should be telling Congress? So a couple things. Uh, first, they are including information on what's the, you know, at a big level, what's our deferred maintenance backlog, which is good. Uh, but they haven't been explaining the reason for major changes from one year to the next, uh, which is important context for Congress to understand. Uh, They also have not been including information on what is included in these numbers and what isn't. So for instance, in some cases, you may have a building that is in the deferred maintenance backlog, but you're planning to get rid of it in the next year. And so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to invest in those repairs. But in the information being communicated to Congress, agencies aren't being clear about what exactly is in that bucket or not. And then lastly, the agencies are not communicating what portion of the deferred maintenance backlog is mission critical, like what are the most important pieces of this backlog versus some things that might be less urgent. So those those bits of information are important for Congress when it's making funding decisions to really understand the full context of what these numbers mean. Right. And the consequences of those deferrals, I guess, would be one of the most important things you'd want to know, because there's a big difference between a deferral that you know would prevent the failure of a 
building versus something that you can reasonably put off for a few years with no real consequences. Do agencies have that kind of information that they could be sending to Congress? Oh, they do. The agencies actually internally have a, a fairly good, uh, at least the agencies we looked at, a fairly good uh, process for prioritizing projects, understanding where their deferred maintenance urgent, uh, urgent needs are. Uh, so we're simply saying, well, you should communicate that more wholly to Congress so they can understand as they're making funding decisions. And considering how long federal budget cycles normally take, uh, I'm imagining that that sort of added information is probably not going to start showing up for a few years. Is that a fair expectation? I think that's a fair expectation. Obviously, we're in the midst of of the next budget cycle right now. So the agencies all accepted our recommendations, all agree with our recommendations. Uh, DOE said they were going to take a look. Uh, So hopefully by, say, FY26. Uh, we'll start to see this information in the budget submissions. There, there was a little bit of discussion in the report on on using models. Can you go into that a little bit? How are agencies doing that, and, and uh, does it seem to be effective? Yes. Yeah, so of the four agencies we looked at, which were Department of Energy, Department of the Interior, Health and Human Services, and GSA, only one had a, a Folsom model, GSA, uh, which they use. And it's an important tool. Uh, it allows them to say, okay, we have a number of deferred maintenance projects. Uh, Let's use the model to fee- find out what the best return of our, our investment would be. We have a limited number of funds. How can we get the most for our money uh, using this model? The other agencies, two of them had some modeling capability, but not a fulsome capability like GSA did. And the Department of the Interior didn't use a model for this purpose. So we actually recommended that all three of those agencies take a look, see the costs and benefits of adopting this type of modeling, because we think it is a potential way to get some cost savings, maximize the use of your resources to get these backlogs down. It's just an important issue, both for mission reasons and for financial reasons, right? If these structures aren't holding up over time, it could affect their ability to do what the agencies need them to do. But then obviously for the federal government overall, uh, these are large potential financial costs that are coming due. So important to get our arms around this now. David Maroney is the acting director of physical infrastructure issues at the Government Accountability Office, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. We'll post the interview along with a link to that report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive at your dining room table. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Still to come, relief for defense subcontractors drowning in a sea of contract clauses. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Tammen here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.